Hey, uh, hey, this guy, this is Dan from Fandible Podcast, and I'm here at Me- uh, Maelstrom, not Metatopia. I keep, uh, I keep getting them confused. Uh, though both by the same people, Double Exposure. And, uh, I'm here sitting with a couple guys, uh, a couple game designers that, uh, were so kind enough to actually, uh, sit with us and give us, uh, a peek at their, uh, uh new board game, which I believe you guys are kickstarting, uh, and next year? We're kickstarting in January. Alright. We're gonna so- be launching at, um, PAX East. Sweet, sweet. All right, so go ahead and introduce yourself, so let our listeners know who you are. So I'm Dave Simpson. I am the original concept creator for Rampaging Oten. And I'm Matthias Panici. I'm the co-creator of Rampaging Oten and uh, the graphic designer and art director. Sweet, and by the way, the art looks great. Okay. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about Rampaging Oten. What, what are we talking about here? Rampaging Oten is a two-player game mm-hmm. where you build your island out of six triangular hexes. Um, and as you can see, well, as yeah, we the, the, can see. Yeah, the, the, there'll be pictures for our listeners. Like, like, like I was uh, saying just before we started, uh, normally board games don't make for great audio. <laughs> um, we're working on that. Uh, we've gotten a few requests from our listeners. Uh, but there will be definitely a, a few pictures so you guys can see what we're looking at. And it looks great. Well, we have, in the core game, you get 12 of these triangular pieces. Mm-hmm. And you build a large triangular, uh, right, sorry. Build a large hex. Large hex island. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of them. So we've got six here, and I'll show you what we do here to make the island. And the island is different every single time because you can make it on any one of the three axes of these triangles. Mm -hmm. And with the 12, Dave's done the math, and it's something like... It's like 4 million combinations plus. It's If you're playing the same map twice, you're cheating. Nice. (laughs) So that's the basic island. All right. And what you do from this point on is you populate it with your villages, mm-hmm. and then your armies, and then you put the uh, the Jotun, the giant, in the center, and you're basically going to use dice to choose which way the Jotun's going to be facing, and between, uh, I'll put some stuff out here for you, between putting, using the cards to affect your armies, you can also use it to affect the Jotun to try and crush your enemies. Alright. Very much in the Conan sense, <laughs> um, and all the while, the Jotun is in the is on the island trying to crush everybody. All right. So generally, a game takes between fifteen to twenty five minutes. Sometimes it goes longer based on you know who's playing and how the island's built. Because if you just turn everything, <laughs> I'll show you what how how these, this island changes in like an instant. You don't, it's not like changeable in gameplay, but it all changes to completely different. Where before we had a lot more forest around the center, we now have blocks of. Now we've got these sort of plains there in the middle, blocks of mountains. Uh, Very nice, very nice. So, I mean, we're looking at a game here that basically. I mean, you got sort of your classic, all right, you've got tribes at war is trying to crush each other, and then you've got, I guess, the sort of the big draw here. You've got that Jotun uh, sort of going through. Uh, so, how, I mean, how, tell me a, little, a little bit about the mechanics. Like, does Jotun just move randomly? Are, are players able to sort of influence him? Or? You have a deck of uh, cards in your hand, and you can play one card from your hand, or you can play um, one of three uh, army moving cards. Army moving cards obviously move your army. By their army right. moving cards, right. and then the uh, cards in your hand. Uh, there are some army moving cards, but the vast majority of them are 
Jotun movement cards. Right. And they are very specific. You either turn or you turn around, um, and then you move X amount of uh, movement points. The various types of terrain cost various movement points depending on whether or not you're dealing with the army or you're dealing with the Jotun. If it's the Jotun, it's either one or two. If it's the army, it's a little more progressive. Uh, so what happens is, because of the layout of the board, your strategy and where villages are placed, your strategy may change between what's going to be more prudent is to either use the Jotun to try and go and crush the uh, villages or send your armies and do the dirty work. And if I can interject, the... The, real, the strategy of the game also begins with building your island. Mm-hmm. Because you pick these pieces blind, and then you're placing them separately. Like, I place one, and you would place one. Right. Until the, the island is complete. And you're trying to make areas like safe havens for your villages. And you're trying to make it easy to get to their villages. Or try to make it just a little bit more difficult for the Jotun to get through. Uh, because the Jotun moves forward one hex every turn mm-hmm. if you don't affect him with any of the cards. Mm-hmm. And Dave and I one time were playing with the Vil- we were playing mainly with the armies, and we just kept moving the Jotun forward one, forward one, forward one while we're moving the, vil- the armies around until he crushed one of our villages. It's like there's a skyscraper on the island, <laughs> and he just happened to have just. Skipped across the island and just destroyed one of our villages. Right. Um, <laughs> Never mind me. I'm out for just my Sunday stroll. Oh look, I have I have house jammed in my foot. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we've had this game. Uh, we showed this game at Gen Con two years ago. We uh, played 72 games at Gen Con of this. Wow. Um, we had the funniest thing at Gen Con was this one little kid. He was a four year old playing <laughs> with his father, and his father was reading him the cards, and he was. Only thing he wanted to do was take the Jotun and put it in the volcano. And for the entire game, the only thing you heard was this. Ah, stop that. <laughs> Two minutes later. Ah, I told you to stop that. I swear the father must have yanked the kid out of the chair and beat him in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had people, we've had kids play this as young as, like company play it, young as six. Mm-hmm. And we've had, you know, any age above that play. All right, so so it's it's pretty uh, family friendly in the sense that you're not, I mean, not like uh, one of those fantasy flight games where like uh, you require a PhD to figure this out. Oh no, yeah. no, no! I guarantee, if I showed you how to play this game, you can teach the next person how to play the game. Sweet, because you've actually seen that happen. I, it yeah. did happen. I got <laughs> uh, food poisoning at Metatopia, and I taught one player how to play, and I excused myself, and he taught the next player. I came back, and that next player was teaching another player how to play the game. Nice. Nicely done. And that really was our impetus to get it to the Kickstarter, because if we can leave and someone can teach the next three people, right? it's done. It's ready to go. Yeah, no, exactly. You've got, you've got good mechanics there. Um, so, I mean, it's, I guess, the uh, sort of the big obvious uh, uh, difference between this and a lot of other games is uh, the Jotun itself. But I kind of want to hear, like, from your, for you guys, from, from your terms, like, what... You know, you've got uh, your your random sort of uh, light war game player. You know, he's looking at different games, uh, looks at yours. What what really would what would you want to say uh, sets yours apart? Uh, um, I'm, I'm not sure for war gamers, but it's definitely a unique experience in that not only is it head to head, but there's also this kind of a common force that you're both being able to influence <laughs> and. There's a strategy with maneuvering into a situation where, especially one of the best tactics is making them choose their their, their poison, which is, yeah. well, I've got the, the Jotun right here, and 
you can either deal with that and maybe save your village, but I've got an army ready to go, and all I have to do is flip over my army card, and I'm going to move right in and go take it. So, <laughs> what, what do you want to chance? Do you want to chance the uh, the Jotun, or do you want to chance my army? Right, right, right. You know, so I think that's I think that's a unique experience of really being able to kind of move, move the attack. So you can get that kind of pincer effect, I guess, if you want to go with the whole wargaming mm-hmm. angle. Um, the movement through terrain is kind of something that most war gamers would be familiar right. with. The okay, well, if I'm coming through woods, I have to pay more. Yeah. Um, but because there's no bonus for being in the woods to attack out and all yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff, you know, going with the classic BattleTech uh, uh, framework. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, BattleTech usually winds up being my framework. Uh, <laughs> in the case of. Um, you're not going to have that waiting for you, but the the effect that it affects movement, and because just having the army go onto the village and having the Jotun go onto the village kills the village uh, with no role for success. Right. It's it, it moves the game a lot quicker along, so that you're not like, okay, well, I got there. Well, now I have to roll and see if I can actually kill right, it. Right. You know, and so, so that makes it really more of a strategy game, really. Yeah, yeah rather, it's more strategic <laughs> rather than tactical. Gotcha. I guess would be the the differentiation. Yeah, and, I got that. and basically, with the rules and the way it's all set up, it's deceptively easy <laughs> to learn. It is. It's super easy to learn, and a lot of people discount the fact that it's easy to learn. Right. Makes it easy to master, and it really isn't. It's kind We've of like go. We've had, <laughs> we've had a lot of players come up and say, well, I played this at Metatopia, and I know the strategy that will absolutely win this game, and then they'll try it and just get completely wiped off. <laughs> um, and that's the one thing I really enjoy. I like seeing people try to break the game, try to just figure out that one specific strategy. Oh, like those guys at Gen Con who, oh, who said yeah. that? We had these two guys sit down at Gen Con and... Didn't let us talk about the game or anything. They're like, "Nope, we're going to read the rules and we're going to break it." And how many games did they play? They played three games and they couldn't break our uh, our rule set. Uh, but they did have. We 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 are really absolutely grateful for any play testers. Right. All their input. We've taken everything everyone said and take it to heart and look re looked at the game. Um, and those two playtasters came up with something called... Um, was that Garrison? That was Garrison. Yeah. Where you can put your army into your village so that hmm. it's a way of protecting your village. And um, that was their only real uh, critique. And we've had other players come up with rules that we've added in and tested. Some we've taken out, some we've kept in. Mm-hmm. And some we've incorporated into the four-player expansion that we've been playtesting uh, for the past two years. All right, so yeah, just to make that clear, uh, yeah, it's, it, as of right now, it's basically two players. One the one. core yes. game is a two-player game. Uh, the four-player game expands out the island more with more mm-hmm. pieces. And a new uh, terrain type. Yeah, and it, but that's... Right now, we're really focusing on getting the two-player out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've gotten a lot of good response. We've played it roughly about 800 times in the past five years. Nice. Uh, we we a lot of table time. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've made the mistake of one day we decided that we were going to play test. Uh, the, we were going to play the game based on the rules that we written mm-hmm. and realized they were completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. There's a big difference between the rules in your head and the rules that are actually written down. Yeah, yeah. really. To any any designers who may be listening to this, um, yes, make sure that you actually play test your own rules as written, <laughs> not by what you think they say in your skull, yeah. because. What you write and what you meant have a way of 
being separate and not equal. Yeah. <laughs> the words that are in my mouth, on my head, did not come out of my mouth or hands. Yeah. Either yeah. way. It's weird how that happens. You're sitting yeah. there and you're writing and you're writing and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, this is my opus. And I'm totally done. Yeah, and that's and that's, that's like, something oh, we, we've run into both in board games and in, in RPGs so often. It's like, you guys have a great idea. I so wish you'd gotten an editor because it's, it's so clear that you guys have a good idea and you didn't know how to put it down properly. Well, we've, we've been uh, lucky so. in that respect. We've had, um, we've had some really good playtest groups <laughs> look through our rules, send us back notes. Um, we also lucked out that we, at one point, um, Kurt Covert from Smirk and Dagger Games mm-hmm. took our game as a possibility yeah. to, to take on, right. but it didn't fit his model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he gave it to his playtest team, and then he gave us their notes. Nice. And that's something that we're forever forever grateful for. No, definitely. And uh, I mean, it, it sounds like you guys have refined this uh, pretty much to, to an art. Um, I actually have a, a question, I guess, uh, this has come up a few times uh, with our listeners and our, our personal experience. Uh, so one of the things that, that uh, we sort of dig about games, especially games like, like this that have relatively simple uh, mechanics, but uh, you know, that they end up getting deeper, uh, is those sort of emergent like surprises. Uh, you know, like you're playing enough, and something happens. Like, oh my god, that was awesome! I never expected that to happen. Like uh, uh, last, was it last year or well, two years ago at Metopia, we, we played a game. Uh, it was a deck building game, and uh, and uh, as we we're sort of testing it out, it had recently gotten uh, kickstarted. Uh, we we discovered uh, uh, what we eventually called the uh, libraries and trebuchets uh, uh, mechanic, uh, which was just like if you. If you built up like those two, you had like a not unbeatable combo. It actually it was actually very well balanced, but it was a completely unexpected sort of a, a surprise. And we actually got to talk to the game creator, and we told him like, "Oh, you guys discovered that? That's great!" <laughs> like so, uh, so yeah. Is, is there anything like that that you've seen through all these uh, 500 plus playtests, sort of stuff that maybe you guys didn't quite expect uh, to pop up uh, when you made the rules? Um. For me, a lot of it is just you have to keep your eye on both the Yon and your opponent's armies. Mm-hmm. I've often had to, because of players getting an army within, like, on the doorstep of my my mm-hmm. village, and the Yoten being on the doorstep of another village, you really had to figure out who you're going to let die. Right. And it's happened a lot, and you don't ex- you're you're playing the game, and you've got your your idea of how you're going to go in the game, and then all of a sudden they figure out this way of using the train against you mm-hmm. and that's really what comes out um, for me it's just the ingenuity of their tactics right I think the the, the most unexpected thing that I've, I've seen people do and uh, actually make it work is uh, we've had people who go oh my army's all the way on the opposite side of the board and I need oh, to go right. protect myself I'm gonna go throw them in a volcano and we're like <laughs> Wait, what? And they're like, oh yeah, no, I'm just going to dump them in. So they use the, the we have a uh, move two through any terrain card. And they're like, okay, boop, boop. And I did, did, did drop them in there. And I'm like, okay. And then they're like, oh, by the way, it's my turn again? Great. Dropping three cards, throwing them out. And I and they drop them right on the uh, the army that I had sitting <laughs> on the doorstep. And I'm like, ah, oh, snot. <laughs> and then subsequently they, they, they rolled well enough and they destroyed my army. And I'm like, well, that was a that was a big fat nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Space Ghost train was one that we didn't expect. Yeah, yeah, it was a case of we we didn't expect that they'd be like, oh, well, if what happens if they go into the volcano? Uh, they 
die? They burn to death? I don't know. And so, oh, okay, they burn to death. Okay, great. That means I have a, a free army token. I can put it back out next to a village. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's it's a case of if you want to do the gamble and you want to see if you can make that work for you. I don't see any reason why it needs to be changed. I think it's actually a really cool thing that's kind of in there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah the the sacrifice of the volcano god strategy, as it were. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, if we were doing this with a uh, with Hawaiian Islands, I mean, this whole game would be completely <laughs> different. Yeah. Well, originally this game was supposed to be Roman. Ah. And yeah, so I, so. I made a logo, and it was just Norse all the way. And I'm like, hmm. well, it's going to be Vikings now. And hey. That's what we got. Yeah, he literally, he's literally like, uh, yeah, we're doing Vikings now. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that, was, that was about the, the, the purpose of that discussion. Where he was just like, this is what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, and I brought my one of my illustrators in from uh, – I've worked with this illustrator before on – the Primark project. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you've seen them. Uh, uh, Nicholas Giancandino did all t- 19 Primarks and the Emperor mm-hmm. as artwork, um, and I was the the guy paying for all that. And he did. I brought him on to work on this, and we just really we have a good communication. And he's just been a godsend with helping with the artwork, getting the look really refined. We didn't want the Vikings to look like, you know, the mm. fantasy Vikings with big horns on their helmets. Right. And each army is pretty, you know, down to earth, pretty grounded. Um, and all your pieces match your your cards. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I can, so, I can see that. Um, which was really important. And we, like, I read a lot of archaeological magazines. Mm-hmm. And they found a lot of evidence of shield maidens. Uh-huh. So just recently, I had a female variant made for the game that's going to be a part of the Kickstarter. Nice. So um, it's it's important to me that it's it's grounded. Even though you have a big giant running around the island, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. still <laughs> it matches the uh, the Jotuns match the the historical mythos of the the culture. Correct, correct. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it looks great. It looks like you guys have a. a Pretty solid thing, and definitely uh, all that playtesting uh, bodes bodes pretty well for it. Um, so yeah, we'll, let's start uh, wrapping up. I just want to hear like one last, you know, like give us give us your final sort of elevator pitch and anything else you you want to sort of uh, you know uh, tell anybody who might be interested in the game. Uh, we don't just have Jotun. We also have Dragon Chess, which is another game that's uh, in the works. I'm currently uh, retouching it up. Uh, there's a couple things I wanted to change. So. Uh, that's coming. That'll be after we're done getting Jotun out and um, ready. We're gonna move that to uh, getting into the uh, the Kickstarter path. And um, Jotun is awesome, and people should totally back the Kickstarter when it goes live. Yeah. Um, Jotun's a really fun, fast game. It it really is, and it's um, we made it Viking themed before Vikings became popular again. <laughs> yeah. But we, we were we, into Vikings before. Um. But we will <laughs> ro- get my hipster glasses. But we will <laughs> happily ride the coattails of it. Um, the, the core game and the four-player exta- expansion I made really are. A, it's a fun game. Anyone can play. There's no like the violence that's in the game. Really, is just you go and you destroy a village. There's nothing. It's family friendly. Right. Anybody can play it. Everyone can read it. We made it virtually. Uh, accessible to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we really do hope that everyone really likes it. We have a Prefundia page up for uh, Rampage Newton. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a Kickstarter page, which we keep putting new art up on. We actually put a lot of Viking, actual Viking history up, just to keep people yeah. up on it and, and get into it more. Nice, nice. So, um, honestly, we really want to see it up there. We want to see it at conventions with other people playing it and really enjoying it because, honestly, we really like playing it. We're not sick of playing it yet. Hey, that's that's always a good sign. And uh, we hope everyone likes it as much as we do. We have a great game for you. Great. All right. Sounds awesome. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much for you guys to give us a few minutes of your time. And, Thank you for uh, your time as well. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, for our listeners, there will be links to the Kickstarter page, to all of this uh, on the on the site itself. And if you guys have any questions uh, for the creators, uh, please just post a comment and uh, we'll pass them right along. We'll also uh, post just uh, direct contact info if you guys uh, want to talk to them directly as well. Uh, so thank you, and again, for Fandible.com, this has been Dan. 